I am so excited about this. I want to welcome you to the Purpose Project Podcast. During our time together, I will teach you how to pray, how to intentionally develop intimacy with your Creator, and challenge you to discover and embrace your God-ordained purposes. I am your host, Margie Florent. My prayer for you today is that you will be empowered and strengthened in the Word of God to move forward into your destiny. We're going to continue our study on the gifts of the Holy Spirit. But like I always do, I always like to reread the scripture. And the more we read it, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. And it just causes the Word of God to go into our hearts. And then when when we need it, the Holy Spirit brings all things to our remembrance. So we're going to go ahead and um, read our text for this series from 1 Corinthians 12. We're talking about the gifts of the Holy Spirit, and we're talking about the manifestations and how they operate. So it says here in verse 7, that the manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one for the profit of all. For to one is given the word of wisdom through the spirit, to another the word of knowledge through the spirit, to another faith by the same spirit, to another gifts of healings by the same spirit, to another working of miracles, to another prophecy, to another discerning of spirits, to another different kinds of tongues. But another translation says more accurately, diverse kinds of tongues to another interpretation of tongues, but one and the same spirit works all these things, distributing to each one individually as he wills. And we said that there's three categories of the group of the gifts um, and each within uh, the three categories, they are divided into three subgroups. We said there's the gifts of revelation and the gifts of revelation are the gifts that reveal something, which are the word of wisdom, the word of knowledge, discerning of spirits. There are the power gifts. These are the gifts that do something, the gift of faith, gifts of healings, working of miracles. And we're also going to, we're going to talk tonight about the inspiration gifts after we highlight gifts of healings. The inspiration gifts are the gifts that say something. Um, And they are prophecy, diverse kinds of tongues, and interpretation of tongues. Now, we've said this before. We'll say it again. These gifts come from God, come from the heart of God, come from the Holy Spirit. And these gifts are perfect, but they operate through imperfect vessels or through imperfect people. That's why I, we always try to make sure we don't put our own interpretation on what we're hearing or we're seeing. It's very important for us to keep, just say what we say here, you know, just do what God says and not try to reason or put our own interpretation. Um, we separate these gifts for the sake of teaching and clarification, but they seldom operate alone. Um, now, these gifts operated in the Old and New Testament, except for tongues and interpretation of tongues. And also, Jesus operated in seven of the gifts of the Spirit, but he did not operate in tongues and interpretation of tongues, because tongues and interpretation of tongues was for the dispensation of the church age, which is where we are at today. So, 
what I want to talk uh, in this session about is we want to complete the teaching on the power gifts, the gifts that do something. And again, I just keep my faith out with Acts 1044 that while we speak the word or while we're preaching or while we're teaching or while we're ministering to people one-on-one, -on -one, we still keep the switch of faith turned on that while we're speaking the word or preaching or whatever, that the Holy Spirit would just fall and manifest himself. Remember, these gifts operate as the Spirit wills. So we, of course, would, if I was God, I'd heal everybody all the time, every person I come in contact with. But I'm not the author of the healing power of God. I'm not the author of these power gifts. It's the Holy Spirit. So he divides them severally as he wills and manifests as he wills. But we can still covet them, desire them, long for them. Why? Because, you know, the Bible says many believed on Jesus because of the miracles. So we can covet these things to be a manifestation so that more and more people will believe in Jesus and be saved and come to the knowledge of the truth. I think we're living in a day and we're living in an hour where we really do need these gifts to be in operation. So we talked about the gift of faith. The gift of faith is the gift that receives and the working of miracles uh, is the gift that does. So one receives, one does. So the gift of faith receives the miracle and it's the working of miracles that actually makes it happen. But then in this category of the, of the power gifts, there's the gifts of healings. And I want you to notice that the scripture said when we read it, it's gifts of healings and it's plural. And we'll explain why as we go. So the gifts of healings are for the supernatural healings of disease and infirm people without natural means of any source. Every single one of these nine gifts of the spirit are supernatural. Now we may have some difficulty because of our limited knowledge in defining some of the other gifts, but I think that we'll have little difficulty in defining this gift, the gifts of healings. Nearly all of us understand about healings and of course, Jesus brought it into prominence by his own ministry, which was a healing ministry. He also gave this authority to heal the sick. In Matthew 10, 8, Jesus said, heal the sick, cleanse the lepers, raise the dead, cast out devils. He said, freely you have received, now freely give. So again, the power gifts, the gifts of healings. Let's look at 1 Corinthians 12, 28 through 30. We haven't as of yet brought this scripture to light. It says here, and God has appointed these in the church. Now, remember, these gifts are, are given severally as the Holy Spirit wills. And so when we talk about the church, we're talking about the universal church or the body of Christ as a whole. Okay, it says, and God has appointed these in the church, first apostles, secondarily prophets, thirdly teachers, after that, miracles, then gifts of healings, helps, administrations, and varieties of tongues. Then he goes on to say, he says, are all apostles, are all prophets, are all teachers, are all workers of miracles? Do all have gifts of healings? Do all speak with tongues? Do all interpret it? Now, 
I want to point out a couple of things in, in uh, a couple of other verses in this 12th chapter, 1 Corinthians verses 28 through 30, where the gifts of healings are mentioned again. It says again, and God has set some in the church, first apostles, secondarily prophets, thirdly teachers, after that miracles, then gifts of healings. Notice that in this, in this verse, that both the words gifts and healings are plural. And this it should be, this is the way it should be in every one of the verses. In the Greek, it is gifts of healings, helps, governments, diversities of tongues, are all apostles, are all prophets, are all teachers, are all workers of miracles. Do all have the gifts of healings? Do all speak with tongues? Do all interpret it? Notice that this is the only one of these gifts that is plural, gifts of healings. So sometimes I've heard people say, and I've done it myself, well, it's the gift of healing or it's the gifts of healing. No, that's not what the Bible says. It's plural. It's, it's done in, the, in, the, in, in, in plurality, okay? All the rest of them are singular except tongues. And this will be covered later on as we continue in our teaching. I, we're gonna get into this in this lesson. So why are they gifts of healings and not the gift of healing? Basically, I don't really know. My teacher, Kenneth E. Hagen didn't know, but you know, we all have our own opinion and I, I agree with Kenneth Hagen's opinion. I don't think you know any of us really know why, but I think that there are gifts of healings. Just hear me out now. I think they're gifts of healings because there's different kinds of diseases. And one gift won't heal all kinds of different diseases. Okay? So in the life of Kenneth e. Hagen, he said, I have noticed in my ministry, as well as that of others who have get these gifts in operation in their life or ministry, that in some areas, I have more success than in other areas when it comes to healings. Other ministers would tell him that there are certain kinds of diseases that they seldom get healed in their ministry. Now, that doesn't mean you can't lay hands on the sick and you can't believe God for healing and the virtue comes out of you and into them. But we're talking about the supernatural manifestation of the gifts of healings, okay? He said that there are certain kinds of diseases that they can seldom get healed in their own ministry. And yet on other diseases, nearly all, all they are all healed. To, to one question, he would say, why? And he said, Brother Hagen said, I can only answer that I don't know. I think it's because he divides the gifts severally as he wills so that that one person has them all. Perhaps in the process of time, we will know more. Here we are here to study and to learn. Now he says in his ministry, okay? Because everybody's experience is different. He says in his ministries, ruptures, growths, tumors, lumps, uh, warts, any kind of thing that was that kind of uh, disease, he said were almost always healed in his ministry. He said, once I kept the record over a period of several years in every meeting I would have, and in 99 cases out of 100, these afflictions would eventually be healed. Some would be gone in a month, <clears throat> 
Others would take six months before they completely disappeared, but they all left. Think about that. He had some kind of manifestation of the gifts of healings in operation, but specifically for him, it was growth, tumors, warts, lumps, those kinds of, of disease, okay? He said, he said one of his minister friends who was greatly used of God in praying for people who were deaf said by his own admission that he very seldom got anyone else healed. But um, um, he said, I watched him several times in several different meetings and I never saw a deaf person, although, fail to receive his healing under this man's ministry. In other words, he didn't get any other kinds of diseases healed in his ministry, but when it came to people who were deaf, he saw it, he said, he said he never ever saw anyone fail to receive healing for the deafness of their ears. Think about it. That is an office set in the church. And in his this particular case, this man had a ministry of getting deaf people healed. So that's why when we talk about gifts of healings, we're saying it's plural because there's all different kinds of diseases in the body, in the human body, okay? Now, in the ministry of Jesus, of course, every manner, the Bible says, of sickness and every manner of disease was healed. Why? Because all the gifts of healings were in manifestation because Jesus had the spirit without measure, okay? So now we are the members of the body of Christ and we're all different parts of the body. So we each carry a measure of the anointing. And that's why it's so important that we get together corporately, that we gather together, or that we have fellowship with one another because not everybody has everything. Where, Or even if you think about where I'm weak, you may be strong. If I have a certain measure of anointing, even when it comes to teaching, like you know, I could teach basically on every anything if I study it, but my cornerstone of my calling is to teach on prayer, Holy Spirit, revival, um, and that's really the cornerstone. So you see how we all need each other. It's the same way when it comes to the gifts of healings, okay? Now, all healing comes directly from God. The gifts of healings are manifested through another to that individual. All the healing is done by God, but the difference is the channel. So the gifts of healings operate through a channel on the behalf of another person so that they can receive their healing. Somebody has said that at any time you can receive a healing. Yes, it's true, but it is the gifts of healings in operation when it's coming supernaturally by the spirit. It is a gift in one sense of the word, any kind of healing is a gift, but any kind, generally speaking, anything you can get from God is a gift, but that wouldn't necessarily mean that it's the gifts of healings and operation. You want me to repeat that? Did that make sense? Let me repeat it. Somebody has said that at any time you receive healing, it is the gifts of healings and operation. It is a gift in one sense of the word, for anything you get from God is a gift, generally speaking. But that wouldn't necessarily mean that it's the gifts of healings in operation. So that's what I wanted to share on the last of the power gifts. But now I want to go into the gifts um, that say something.
So what are the gifts that say something? The gifts of, that say something are the utterance gifts. And I, I purposely saved it for last because I think we've seen a lot of teaching and manifestation of the utterance gifts in the, the, the time in the season that we live in now in the church age. That's why I said before, it would really be great if we could have more and more and more of the manifestation of the power gifts because we have not as of yet seen that um, in this season. Now, in the days of Kenneth E. Hagen, he said it, that the gifts of the spirit uh, with, with respect to the power gifts were in such manifestation that in many churches and many ministries, just in general, he said it was like you could literally pull a miracle right up out of the sky. It was so easy. So now we're, we're, we're operating more in this time and season in the church, the church age where we're seeing more and more people just operating much easier in what we call the utterance gifts or the gifts that say something. It seems like people have been trained in the prophetic. They know how to flow in the prophetic. They're learning how to operate in the prophetic. And so that's why I decided to just to keep it and save it until the very end. So what are the utterance gifts? Okay, the utterance gifts are number one, the gift of prophecy. First Corinthians 12, it says here, let me read it. Um, he said, to another the working miracles, to another prophecy, okay? Now, remember, we also said that the gifts are listed in the order of their importance. So out of all the utterance gifts, the gift of prophecy um, is the most important of the utterance gifts, okay? The most important of the utterance gifts. And I'll explain as we go on. Now, what is prophecy? Prophecy defined is, the supernatural utterance in a known tongue, okay? Prophecy defined, to speak for another. And when prophecy is in manifestation, it's a definite John 7, 38. It is like out of your innermost being, we know the scripture says flows rivers of living water, but when the gift of prophecy is in manifestation, it's like, is you you have something on the inside of you bubbling up out of you and it, it is um, something that that needs to be spoken and needs to be said as a matter of fact the scripture is coming to me now I want to read it while I'm coming up second Peter 121 says for prophecy never came by the will of man but the but holy men of God, spoke as they were moved by the Holy Spirit. So when the gift of prophecy is a manifestation, I can only say how it operates through me. I have something that rises up on the inside. Sometimes I see it. Sometimes I hear it. Um, sometimes the anointing not only rises up, but I have a deep presence of the Holy Spirit come upon me. And for me, it's, it's a little um, unnerving because I know that God wants me to speak and I don't want it to be me and I want to make sure and because I have more of an introverted personality and because believe it or not I'd rather sit in the back of the church and mind my own business and because there's an order to prophesy I don't want to interrupt number one the order of the service I don't want to move out of order I want to make sure I submit to the leadership. 
So for me personally, unless it's in my own meeting where I'm the speaker or it's in my house or it's my own meeting on the road, I always go to the pastor and I, and, and, and it's 99% of the time when I move in the gift of prophecy, I would say actually probably 100%, 100% of the time, I have a relationship with the pastor. He knows me. He knows my ministry. He knows what I'm about. So when I go up to him and I, I tap him and I say, I have something, I let them as the authority make way for what I have coming up on the inside of me. Now, generally speaking, when I operate in the gift of prophecy, and a lot of people operate in the gift of prophecy, you know, generally you get like, some people get one or two words, some people get five words. I generally get a, about two or three sentences. And, you know, you can, you know, the spirit of the prophet is subject to the prophet. So what that scripture means is you can hold it. Sometimes people say, well, you know, the devil made me, no, I just had to do it. I just had to speak it. I couldn't contain myself. Well, yes, you can, because, you know, you're, you speak, the Holy Spirit gives you that unction, but it's up to you and your will, whether or not, you know, you can hold it. You can hold it is what I'm trying to say. You can hold it. You don't have to speak it out. Oftentimes when people move like that, it's because the devil's pushing them and driving them. The Holy Spirit gently leads, guides, directs, and all things are done decently and in order. So when the pastor opens up the door and says, okay, go, then I have confidence. Like, okay, the pastor's given me the okay to go, and that causes confidence. And so I'll have maybe one or two words, and I'll start to speak those one or two sentences. And as I speak, um, God gives me more and more and more and more and more. And it is a step of faith. You have to step out in faith to be used in the gift of prophecy. You know, I mean, just for me personally to go up to the pastor and say, I have something that for me is, is a step of faith. And there's been times I've missed God, times I've held back and said, no, I don't want to do it. No, I don't know if it's you. I know it's not you. And, but you, you learn by experience that when it is God, you know what it feels like, you know what it's, it senses like, and as you uh, um, operate more and more and more, you really learn how to flow in this particular gift spoken of in the word of God. So I'm going to say that again. When you get a word, sometimes you may only get a picture, or you may only get a sentence. You, I sometimes get scripture. I'll get a couple scriptures, and then I have to, I have to just yield and flow and stay out of my head and just 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 go with the Holy Ghost. And sometimes you'll start out, um, you know, with just a sense of what God wants to say. And as you flow in that, he'll give you more and more and more and more. But it does take faith to operate in the gift of prophecy. Okay. Now, this particular gift of prophecy is for all. First uh, Corinthians fourteen thirty one. For you can all prophesy one by one that all may learn and all may be encouraged. Now here's here's the scripture that I said before. And the spirits of the prophets are subject to the prophets, meaning you can hold it. And then he goes on to say, For God is not the author of confusion, but of peace 
as in all the churches of the state. So here's an example. I'm, a, I'm part of a group called uh, WSL and it's with Apostle Naomi Dowdy. She's from Singapore. Most people here in the States don't know her, but WSL is uh, Women in Strategic Leadership. So there's about, I don't know, maybe 33 of us that used to gather in Texas from all over the world, you know, and now with COVID, we've been doing a lot of our meetings on Zoom. So um, we used to do what's, what we used to, I think Apostle Naomi calls it the pres the presbytery. I don't even know what that means. But with that, what we would do is at the end of the three-day uh, mentoring session, we would uh, each uh, get ministered to prophetically. So they, you know, everyone would take their turn and we would all gather around. And if somebody had a word, if something is revealed to a person that sits by, Okay, we were all like, we're all honoring one another, and respecting one another. Somebody would step out and start prophesying to one of the ladies in leadership. And generally, I'm the kind of person, I'm more of a seer. So I'm generally the kind of person, I don't always jump right in because it takes me time to process what I'm hearing or seeing. And because of my temperament, being more of an introvert and more of a person that likes to hold back and wait and make sure and process, Usually the more bolder ones would step out and move into this, into the gift of prophecy. So, you know, that's what we would do. But I learned by experience that when we would be doing these, these uh, times of prophetic utterance to one another, and even in some of the other meetings I've been involved with, uh, with other leaders and other groups, you know, I'll get something for somebody and, and somebody else said it. So in other words, well, I don't really need to say it because they already said it. So if something is revealed to him that sits by, let you let him first hold his peace and then you, you go in order. But sometimes you're just already knowing what the spirit is saying to that person or to that congregation and you don't need to say it. I mean, I've had it happen multiple times. I've had, I've had it happen. You know, I, I think I told you one time I was, this was like a big one. Pastor Dave DeMola was preaching. And when he came out on the stage, I heard two words. And then the spirit of God came on me and rose up in me. And during his whole entire message, the whole time he was preaching, I held that word. I didn't have to give it. And toward the end, I, I went like this to him because we had a relationship. You know, the Bible says, know them that labor among you because he knows me. I know him. I went like this. I said, I have something. And he would go, okay. And he, you know him, he went another 10, 15 minutes and I held it. And so at the very end, he calls me up and I gave the two, I gave the first word that I had. And when I gave that first word, so much more flooded up out of me. And it was prophetic for him. It was prophetic for the church. Then the second word I gave, because I held it, because you could hold on to it on the inside gave the word and then more and more came. And then he gave me a third word. The third word was actually spontaneous. So, you know, but it was revealed to me, but I didn't have to jump up and scream it out right in the middle of his message. That would have been out of order. That would have been grieving to the Holy Spirit. That would have grieved the Holy Spirit because the Bible says, follow after love, but desire spiritual gifts. So what does love do? Love doesn't push itself forward. Love is patient. 
you know, in this instance, love is patient. Amplified love doesn't push itself forward. Love waits. You know, God is love and he is a God of, of order. Okay. So in the, in the, in the gift of prophecy, um, this gift was in the old Testament and it was only for the prophets, but in the new Testament, everyone can prophesy. First Corinthians 14, one through five. Okay. So here's, we're going to define what prophecy is in this instance. And I'm going to talk to you a little bit about the office of the prophet because there is a difference. Okay. In the new Testament, the simple gift of prophecy is for all. And I think this is the particular gift that's been developed in the church that we are in today. People have been learning how to prophesy, okay? And I, I exercise a lot of caution with that. So, you know, I just think it's very, because a lot there's been a lot of error in that regard. And so many people are relying on prophecy to lead, guide, and direct them. And many people have, have become shipwrecked and gotten off course and made wrong decisions because they built their, their future or their decision, they made their decision based on what somebody prophesied. So there's a lot of responsibility placed on the shoulders of the person that prophesies. That's why it's very important that we know that we know that we know that we know that we're hearing from God. Now, if you've ever received a prophecy from someone and they speak it into your life, well then, and it doesn't, you don't really see, oh, really? That's for me? Well, instead of trying to make it come to pass or um, just being confused by it, what I would do if I were you, and this is what I've done in my own life, if I receive something, I just put it like, I like this, this saying, this term, I just put it on a shelf and I just let, you know what, God, if that came, if that, if that came from you and not from that person's soul or that person's will, or that person's intellect, or that person's heart of empathy that wants to say something nice to me, if it didn't come from you, I'm just going to keep moving on. I'm going to keep trusting you with all my heart. I'm going to keep praying, you know, going to your word for direction and guidance and trusting in you. I'm just going to keep doing that. And if that prophecy comes to pass, well, then great. Well, if it doesn't, well, then that person missed God. And we're all, it's all good. You know, when we operate in the gifts of the spirit, you know, not all of us are perfect. Like we said, they, they operate through imperfect vessels. But what I would encourage you to do is I would encourage you to step out. If you feel like God has something, I would just step out. I remember one time I was preaching in uh, Joe Source's church and we had uh, on Friday nights, every once in a while, Pastor Joe would have what he called Holy, they call it Holy Spirit night. And we had a prayer line and Pastor Joe was there and it was just very vibrant, fun, Holy Spirit moves of God where we had more time to minister to the people and to preach. And it was just really a lot of fun because if you know anything about his church, he's, you know, he is a teaching center, but he's also one that welcomes the Holy Spirit. But the, the Holy Spirit nights were really more for like, you know, Margie Flora coming in and preaching on the Holy Ghost and the manifestations and you, know, you just never knew what was going to happen and there was no time limit. And I remember one time we were, we did a prayer line and Pastor Joe thankfully was standing next to me because for me personally, I like it when the, the pastor's in charge and they're there and they're, they're my covering. 
And because uh, I know what it's like to be under authority. I know how to be in authority, but I also know how to be under authority. I prefer to be under authority. So we were standing in this prayer line and I went up to this one person and I, I, I laid hands on him. And the minute I touched him, I had I, the minute I touched him, laid my hands on his shoulder. I just knew that I knew that I knew the Lord. That I don't even know how I knew, but I just knew give him. He needs money. He needs money. So I stopped, I looked at him and I had a truckload, small truckload of cash in my wallet because I had just been to the bank and I just had some cash in my wallet and I just heard he needs money, just knew it. And you know, the Bible says, you know, if you see your brother in need and you shut up your bowels of compassion, how dwells the love of God in you? And at this moment, I was desiring spiritual gifts. I was desiring to minister on the gifts of the spirit but here is love in action. Love was operating in me and through me and love saw a need. And I heard that he had a need. I didn't know it in the natural. He didn't look like he needed money. So I said, okay, he needs money. And then, and then my reasoning set in. Reasoning said, well, you have a small truckload of cash in your wallet. You could help him. So, you know, you don't know. Is it my thoughts, Holy Spirit's thoughts? Doesn't the Bible say he'll cause your thoughts to be agreeable with his thoughts and your plans will succeed? And um, so I, I stopped and I went over to Pastor Joe. I whispered in his ear and I said, is it okay if I give him some money? And Joe, Pastor Joe went like this. I didn't say anything. And, uh, and I looked at him and he looked at the person that, you know, that I laid hands on. He looked at him. He said, I didn't say anything to her. Didn't say a word to her. He looked at me and he said, just obey God. So I said to my friend that was with me, I said, I have a bunch of cash in my wallet. Please get all the cash out and, and I want to give it to him. Took all the cash out, gave it to him, said, because I had the pastor's um, permission. And I said to the people, I said, if you feel in your heart to give this man any kind of uh, monetary gift, you just obey God. You know, and people just responded. And I found out later after the service that Pastor Joe had a conversation with this man. He was in dire need of, of finances. And it wasn't one of those things where somebody's trying to swindle you or somebody's trying to take advantage or somebody comes in the church and they're like, have impure motives. This guy was the real deal. And he went to the pastor, the pastor knew him and so on and so forth. But that's how these gifts operate. You know, that's what it's for. Um, okay. I don't know how I got into that, but anyway, first Corinthians 14, one through five, it says here, pursue love and desire spiritual gifts. And then he says, but especially that you may prophesy. And we're gonna get into this. For he who speaks in a tongue does not speak to men, but to God, for no one understands him. However, in the spirit, he speaks mysteries. But he who prophesies speaks, now this is, this is the gift of prophecy spoken of in 1 Corinthians that we've just been reading, the nine gifts. This is prophecy spoken of in these scriptures. But he who prophesies speaks for edification, exhortation, and comfort. He who speaks in a tongue edifies himself, but he who prophesies edifies the church. So when it comes to the simple gift of prophecy, which is for all under the New Testament, the simple gift of prophecy brings edification, exhortation, 
and comfort. So this particular simple gift of prophecy carries no revelation at all. The word of wisdom is not in operation. Neither is the word of knowledge in operation. It's simply edification, exhortation, and comfort. For example, you know, like if I were to stand in front of someone and I kept hearing on the inside of me, I am your shepherd. I hear the Lord saying, you shall not want. He'll make you to lie down in green pastures. He's going to lead you beside still waters. He loves you with an everlasting love and no good thing will he withhold from you. Continue to be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. And he is going to going to bring to pass all of your needs according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. That is edification, exhortation, and comfort. Personally, I find safety in that, especially when it's straight scripture. I, I get a lot of scripture for people when I operate in edification, exhortation, and comfort. That's the simple gift of prophecy. Okay. Now, if it's prophecy that flows through the office of a prophet, or if it's prophecy that carries with it the word of wisdom or the word of knowledge, now you've, you've gone beyond the simple gift of prophecy and you're entering in to prophecy that is speaking of the future to somebody or speaking of what they're in right now or their past. Do you understand what I'm saying? Do you understand why we had to teach all those gifts first? But the simple gift of prophecy is edification, exhortation, and comfort. Okay. So, and that's where God says any, everyone can do that. What I'm worried about, and I've been worried about in the time and the season that we live in is that people, instead of just staying within the boundaries of what the gift of prophecy is and what their calling is or what they're getting, they step beyond that and they put their own interpretation on it. They try to press the gifts to be an operation. They try to add something, take away. They try to add a word of knowledge, add a word of wisdom. And that to me, if it's not coming from the Holy Spirit, that could be very dangerous. Okay. So how do we judge prophecy? Well, if it carries with it revelation, we have to judge it. Okay. Deuteronomy 18. Okay. Deuteronomy 18. I love that this is coming out really accurate and it's coming out because the Holy Spirit's helping us. 1820. Okay, 1820. Here, here, um, you know, here, here's the office of the prophet. I'm going to go ahead and read the, the scriptures there above what I was going to read. God said, I'm going to raise up a prophet raise up for them a prophet like you among their brethren and i will put my words in his mouth and he shall speak to them all that i command him and it shall be that whatever whoever will not hear my words which he speaks in my name i will require of it of him but the prophet who presumes to speak a word in my name this is the scary part which i have not commanded him to speak or who speaks in the name of other gods, that prophet shall die. Now, thank God we live under the dispensation of grace. 
So if we miss it, we miss God or somebody steps out or somebody's trying to be a prophet and they're not, and they're just trying to show off or whatever the case may be. Thank God they won't die, but they, you know, cause we're under grace, but I'm telling you, if we don't judge ourselves and we're leading people astray, that person will eventually come under judgment. Okay. And if you say in your heart, how shall we know the word which the Lord has not spoken? And then here's the answer. When a prophet speaks in the name of the Lord, if the thing does not happen or come to pass, that is the thing which the Lord has not spoken. The prophet has spoken it presumptuously. You shall not be afraid of him. So we have to judge it. And I think there's scriptures in the New Testament. I don't have them in my notes where the Bible says, you know, judge, you know, let, let the, let's, let me think. Scripture says, uh, let the prophet speak and let, let the other that sits by the, the scripture somewhere says that we can judge it. Okay. Like, like when I've been in meetings like this, where, you know, these, these, these gifts are in operation and people are prophesying. Sometimes you can have a sense in your spirit that if somebody missed God, you know, you know, so we've all missed God. Okay. It doesn't make us bad people. So how do we judge prophecy? If it comes to pass or number two, with the word of God. So it, it's probably doesn't need to be said, but we'll go ahead and say it anyway. If somebody prophesies something, here's an example. Um, you have two people that are married, right? You know, I actually saw this happen. So I'm going to give this example. I was in a, in a, in a meeting and um, in a certain place in a certain, uh, with a certain group of people and the the lead pastor actually had an affair with the worship leader. Um, the, the, the pastor left his wife that he was with. The whole church came crumbling down. It was a very large church. And I'm talking major church. And they left the state. These two got married. And then these two were in this meeting and someone came up and prophesied to them that they were meant to be together the whole entire time and that God had put them together. I'm sorry, I have a problem with that. Okay, that is adultery. That wasn't of God. That destroyed that the, the, the ex-wife. She's actually a friend of mine. I know her very well. You know, I can't get into the details. And that wasn't of God. Does that line up with the word of God to you? No, what the Bible says, what God is joined together, let no man put asunder. You know, the Bible says, how could two walk together except they be agreed? They had a covenant of marriage. So I, when I heard the prophecy, I was like, not prophecy. I don't know what it was. I think the person who said that to that couple really liked that couple, really liked the whole situation and I think that person just spoke presumptuously out of, out of this, out of his soul. So how do we judge prophecy? Does it line up with the word? Okay. In summary, prophecy edifies the church. It is the most important of the utterance gifts. And Jesus said, or the Bible says that all may prophesy. And we're going to go ahead and close with this. And, and next week, we're going to talk about tongues and interpretation of tongues, which is really a lot of fun. Okay. So I want to draw a conclusion to the teaching. The simple gift of prophecy is given for edification, exhortation, 
and comfort. When it comes to the office of a prophet, we said it carries with it revelation, which is the word of wisdom, the word of knowledge. So for someone to be a true fivefold ministry prophet, spoken of in Ephesians 4, 11 through 18, they have to consistently operate in the word of wisdom, word of knowledge, and sometimes discerning of spirits consistently, like not just once in a while, you know, you get a word of wisdom, word of knowledge. As a matter of fact, if, if I were you, I wouldn't covet to be a prophet. I wouldn't want to be a prophet if God wasn't into me being a prophet, because what constitutes the office of a prophet is these revelation gifts. And not only that, but rejection, oh, hell, uh, people criticizing you, people misunderstanding you. Most people that have in the Old Testament and even the New Testament prophets and even the prophets that are in the earth today, they... they you know, they go through hell, they go through a training, they go through a crushing, they got to be as low as, as low can be, because nothing crushes a person more, but persecution and rejection and being misunderstood. And the lower you go, the more the grace of God arises, the more you decrease, the more he increases, because if people stand in the office of a prophet, that mantle is coveted by many. As a matter of fact, God, Jesus told Brother Hagen, don't you ever uh, merchandise the anointing I've put on your life and charge people not only for healings and miracles, but charge people for giving a word of prophecy. And I, I've seen it. I, I know somebody right now who's coming to my mind. I mean, the guy literally charges people to prophesy, you know, charges people and he gives them a prophecy. Really? Is that coming from the will of God? Or is that coming from the will of man? Or it's in some instances, I think more than you and I may realize, people operate with familiar spirits. Seriously, these spirits are in the earth today. They know things about the present need a person has, and they know things about the past. They try to predict your future. That's why it's a sin and, 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 and to go to a fortune teller because they'll try to put something on you Okay, this is going to happen in your future, and this is going to happen. And if you receive that, you're doomed, especially if it's something negative. Okay, I think I told you the story of some guy one time when I was in high school. He wanted to read my palm, and he wanted to speak all this negativity. Oh my God! When he read my palm over me, and and instinctively, I I I said no, I didn't receive it, and I didn't even know about the Bible, the Word of God, receiving, not receiving, the whole entire thing. But I am telling you that there are familiar spirits in the earth today that know things about you, know things about me. They can try to predict. It's up to you whether you receive it or not. And, and here's another thing. I think, and I've seen it, there can be a mixture. That's why you have to know them that labor among you. Know them. Know the word of God. Know what the Bible says. So anyway, to stand in the office of a prophet consistently you have to operate in the word of wisdom the word of knowledge and it's a mantle that comes on you it's it's indescribable but you can't make that happen unless the holy spirit's there to release that anointing on you and lastly um 
the word of wisdom, the word of knowledge, the edification, exhortation, and comfort. This is a, a, a really good way to say it. All these gifts can operate through the vehicle of prophecy. See what I mean? So that's the beauty of the gift of prophecy. Um, and I, I hope I brought clarity to it. Thank you for listening to the Purpose Project podcast. For more content, video, and teachings like this, visit margieflorent.org.